Welcome to another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast with me, James Roberts, transformational coach, two-time Paralympian, and TEDx speaker. I have another awesome episode for you today, so let's get straight into it. And on today's show, I've got Lauren Amon. At the age of five, Lauren was literally thrown into a pool so she would have something to do at her sister's swim mates. 17 years later, with a high school state championship and a top three finish in the Mid-American Conference, she said goodbye to a successful swimming career. This foundation as a student athlete set the tone for high achievement in the professional world. After 15 years in HR, Lauren received her professional coaching certificate from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, IPEC, to feed her passion for supporting others in reaching their full potential. She started her business focused on leadership development and career advancement, but while watching the 2020 Olympics, it all changed. As she watched Simone Biles remove herself from competition and Katie Ledetsky do everything in her power to hide a disappointment following a lackluster race, she knew she was called to serve athletes. It was validated when Michael Phelps told the world, competition is overwhelming, we just want someone to listen to us, someone to support us mentally through the pressure-filled moments. Lauren specializes in working with high school athletes to master the mental part of the game. Her company, Reimagined, can exist to show athletes that there's an outlet to be heard, seen, and supported mentally and emotionally at the level they are physically. So welcome on to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. So we go right back to the very beginning to start mm-hmm. off with. Uh, what was the motives of your fa- of your parents to throw you in the swimming pool? <laughs> well, actually, as my mom tells it, so I have two older sisters who are already swimming. And apparently I would come to her and ask for money to buy food or that I was always bored. And so she said, well, we're here. You're here you're going to put all your energy into into the swimming pool. And so that's what happened. She literally threw me onto the swim team. That's how I learned to swim. And the rest is history, as they say. Did you end up being better than your sisters then? Mm, that's hard to say because we all swam different things. So my older sister was more of an IMer breaststroker. My middle sister was more of a butterflyer. I was completely a distance swimmer. We all kind of swam distance, and I would say that I was probably the fastest when it came to distance freestyle. When when you say distance, you're talking about, obviously, the Olympic distance, the 800 meters then. Yes, so 400, 800, 1500, all the ones that Katie Ledecky swims, just not as fast. <laughs> all the ones that I hated. People got to see a probably far different side to me in this episode. Uh, obviously, for people that don't know, obviously I was a swimmer back in the day, probably similar age age group to to, to you, really. Of uh, when did I finish my swimming career? Because we were talking about this um, because as obviously the Olympics was last year. Mm-hmm. It was it's the Europeans going on as 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 well. I think the swimmers finished this now. The diving uh, as we're recording this, um, and obviously uh, my mother as well was uh, obviously the precursor to for me going into swimming as well. 
And she's like, oh, I don't know. I can't recognize most of these names on the TV. It's like, what's obvious? I, I retired from swimming in 2006. <laughs> that's nearly 20 years ago so it, it, it is a little bit obvious that you're not going to recognize some of the, the more obviously the the the, the 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 lesser known maybe for the american or the british swimmers but the british swimmers did fairly well in the olympics mm-hmm. um so for me uh i hated anything to do with i think i might have swam at 800 once um uh, I swam for one team. They put me on two hundred backstroke. I said, "Don't do that. Don't ever do that to me again." Um, and obviously, I'm a lunatic because people say, "Well, two hundred backs aren't too bad." It is in a twenty-five meter pool. It's it's it's, it's awful mm-hmm. to the amount of turns. Uh, so so for me, I'd rather swim two hundred fly four hundred IM, which mm-hmm. is is brutal mm-hmm. uh, physically. So I could see where you're 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 coming from, but obviously, you, you're good to get a. A division one scholarship in the first place though you probably don't well, give yourself credit nope sure don't but thank you so much <laughs> i was actually just talking about that with my sister the other day of you know the more and more that i'm working with high school athletes and hear more and more that they want to make it to college that was something as i was thinking more about that and just kind of reiterating my own experience i even thought to myself like it was never in question for me which is crazy. And and I don't mean to like tout myself and say I was that good. It's just that I never thought about anything different. I like I didn't know there was a different path. That was just the path I knew I wanted to take when I was about nine years old and said, ah, I'm gonna go to college and I'm gonna swim. Well, and that's what happened. You probably could say the same of my my you can actually see what's behind me as as we're speaking. But a lot of the the accolades that are obviously in in the introduction of the podcast. Um, okay, the TEDx talk is a lot later on and it's more recent, but in in terms of like the the sporting prowess of that's one of the reasons why I went to college was uh, probably more so um, the athletes, not the other way around. The athlete, student, not student athlete. Uh, it almost allowed me to get in through the back door, and I almost had this overriding perspective that i've got something to prove as I, I i need to to prove to probably more so myself and maybe the 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 institution as i belong as in i'm i'm i've been told uh probably more so in high school that you, you you're not good enough and things like that as well i gotta i've got to show that i'm more than capable to to be able to stand on my own two feet at the at the at the collegiate levels sport was never a problem but i think this is more of um, a perspective I think athletes is it's almost like the blinkered perspective of of if you think of greyhound racing or horse racing it's obviously to stop you seeing your competition but I think this is where we lose and I'm going to use my I'm going to use my my own story to 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 to, to showcase this I think you you lose sight of the process because it's like well what was the motive what was the desires what was because people are always intrigued but it's like well you're saying you wanted to do it at nine i probably probably not necessarily high level sport but you and i probably been sporty from as as early as we can remember so it's almost i won't go out on a limb and say a passion but it's 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 an aspiration or a dream so Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop at nothing 
to make that a reality and you kind of go well when it's other person so how do you do it it's like i don't know (laughs) it just the the dots align the dominoes tippled over and obviously it happened obviously there's a lot of work that goes unnoticed the sacrifices of uh the individual um the families etc to obviously make those things happen okay most people only see that every four years and i think that's where i'm probably now content as a retired athlete it's mm, it'd be nice to be there but i don't want to do i don't want to do the work that goes with it so okay this is probably the bad thing about social media for me as being in that environment of representing the country because it's like mm, it looks so nice it looks so nice i want to be there yeah but you also know what goes goes behind mm-hmm. it and how well they have to work and some of the politics and also that obviously that will obviously come down to obviously high school level as well in terms of um more so clicks uh when it comes to high school athletes so i think so i come back to 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 you um lauren i think it's we we lose all perspective on it is is it's almost like we live it and breathe it day in day out and okay this is aspect that i probably put into business now as you've got to take that step back and look at the bigger picture of you and I both have probably seen a training schedule for a season. We mm-hmm. know how to let's see if I get this right. If I can remember right. Um, my, uh, it's not micromanage, but macromanage as into in cycles. So we should be able to almost, create carbon copies of ourselves i don't want little i want don't want james running around <laughs> but it's similar to me and i did have a client say i want to be exactly like you i don't <laughs> i don't want you to have the same mindset as me i know you want traits that i've i've got but i don't want you to be like me in, in terms of so it's almost i've spent probably the last 12 months as well how do i dissect what we're talking about mm-hmm. for people wanting to establish motivation um willpower it's almost kind of re-established okay i work with more more so with to do like fitness mm-hmm. and weight loss so it's almost like telling the person well what's your goal what's your motivation it's clear and simple uh for you and i it was well for you it'd probably go college not uh, all american mine was and i never achieved it but it was a gold medal mm-hmm. but since talking to other athletes that obviously have said that and, and this is quite recent it's like oh, you can't do that you can't just pin all your hopes on mm-hmm. on accolades because and this will probably be relevant for everybody when the shit hits the fan and the motivation isn't there that's not motivation enough to get you out in the winter of Okay, the swim swim is probably one of the most brutal sports when it comes to schedule because mm-hmm. people will be swimming at three, four o'clock in the morning. I think ice hockey is probably something close. Mm-hmm. It's very unsociable, and you, you got to give some kudos to parents because getting up at two, three o'clock in the morning <laughs> is barbaric. Yeah, yeah. You said a lot of important things there. I mean, think for me, it was a passion. And it still kind of is a passion. Yeah, I mean, yes, I had aspirations of going to college, but again, I was in an environment where 90 some odd percent 
of the year-round summers went to college. So to your point, I was like, yeah, that I lost sight of the perspective because that's the only one I had. And I loved every minute of it. And I remember, I don't remember the specifics, but when I was younger, I never really thought about best times or winning, right? It was more about just being there and having fun. It wasn't until I grew older and became aware that I did have a talent that is very special and yeah, I could take it someplace and yeah, certain times, certain placements, certain medals became really important. And that's when sport got really hard is when you are looking at just that medal, just that podium position, just that certain time and accolade and almost validation. That's when the mental part of sport gets really challenging. I think I think it, I, I, well the the mental anguish with obviously uh, I mentioned Simon uh, Simon Biles Simone Biles <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave that in because that's a massive mistake I apologize to you <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, uh, to Simone I apologize um, obviously most people would have known what happened in Tokyo because mm-hmm. it was headline news around the world of um, I can't remember what they called it. I'll call it uh, the jitters, but I can't remember what the actual term is. Um, the, uh, the bend. There's like gymnastic bends or something like that. I can't remember the exact one. The dizzies? I think that's what it was. And you're thinking, well, how does that work? How c- can't you work yourself out of that? Or can't you have a psychologist speak to you to be able to... Da, 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 da. I was a bit harsh, but it's... it's the, the I think the pressure of... So US, uh, USA Gymnastics is probably uh, very, very tough because mm-hmm. she's the poster girl when it comes to gymnastics. So you're expected to deliver. Okay, I probably said it not on record, but I'll do it today of maybe the next person maybe should have been able to step in and kind of go, okay, if she's not able to go, to do it of, because at the end of the day, for that other person, that might be their their silver lining, and that is their 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 gold medal, and give somebody. This is harsh because it's almost kind of kind of going against myself, contradictory as a sports person, as and it's it, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree what I'm gonna say, but almost giving that person the right of passage to be able to to experience the 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 moment and okay. They're not okay. Uh, this this is nobody's a uh, bang on gold medalist's favorite because anything can go wrong in sport, um, and obviously things can go wrong. And obviously gymnastics is probably the 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 best one of the lot because um, what we watch, we watch, I think we're watching the gymnastics and we're watching the vault. Two people in the space of five minutes got injured, like bad injuries. Mm-hmm. But I think one was their ankle and one was their knee. So you're thinking, well, okay. Well, One's the ankle, and probably one is probably the ACL or something like that, which is very, very bad. As I think the athlete was eighteen, so that's catastrophic. Because mm-hmm. you're, as a, a gymnast, probably coming to the end of your career, probably late teens, maybe early twenties. So that's probably mm-hmm. catastrophic when you you're making your your, your senior uh, debut. Uh, I think the 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 one with Michael Phelps probably surprised me the most. You wouldn't expect. I believe he is the most decorated Olympian of all time. You wouldn't expect him to say that 
uh, he struggles, or I think it puts it into perspective that of it, it, it's almost it's a, it, say it's a it's a village at the end of the day. It's probably a couple of thousand athletes at, at the games that some are gonna rise to the challenge of that sporting event. Some are gonna crumble. Um, Tokyo probably was. Would it be in last year as opposed to two years ago? Saving grace for some athletes because they got an extra year to prepare. Some put some people. It was like, why don't? I, well, I might as well go retire mm-hmm. now because I'm not. I don't want to go for another year because I don't think mentally I can do it or physically I don't want to do it because I'm I'm on the way out and that was going to be my swan song. Obviously, some athletes managed to get there, and it, it probably showcased with not having a spectator. <laughs> or spectators should I say sorry some athletes are going to relish in that because it's like there's no external pressure whatsoever because there's no there's no hype there's no there's, there's only just the athletes and that's it uh, I think college football obviously showcases that and, and I spoke to um, um, somebody who, uh, I can't remember his, thing, his name but he works with Trevor Marwood and, and works with Mar- mm-hmm. more so with American football Mm-hmm. could manipulate that in stadiums and whereas what were college institutions doing it deliberately when they're having okay i'll use the bigger one say tennessee of hundred thousand and then just run up ramp up the the speaker system then it's mm-hmm. obviously it's a uh, a massive um advantage for from a home perspective uh whereas obviously the the athletes that revel on getting getting the buzz of a crowd and 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 you could say that they're more extrinsic in terms they feed Mm -hmm. off energy from others would maybe struggle in that environment because they're not able to feed off the atmosphere so it's it's whether i i probably would have probably liked it because it's it's a bit easier there's okay there's television audience it's no big deal it's like mm-hmm. I, I can't feel I can't feel the cameras. Uh, I don't know that's been even taken that picture behind me. Uh, the one that's in the living room from from Beijing didn't know there was a camera there. So it's almost like oblivious of of the spectators. But when it's obviously that environment, it, it's interesting when it comes mm-hmm. obviously from one that you see in Under Armour adverts, uh, obviously the most decorated and. Obviously, it happens to the best of individuals. Yeah, I would say that the 2020 Olympics was probably the greatest case study for the importance of mental training. Uh, You know, I'll speak it from an American spectator's perspective. I felt Team USA was not to the level that they normally are in the games. being a former swimmer, obviously swimming is the the sport that I tune into most. And as a spectator and even as a former athlete, it it's almost as if I could feel the lack of motivation or lack of what you're saying. That like the there was no energy or no fuel or no fire. And you know, Team USA as a team didn't necessarily perform as well as we normally do. And they did a lot of stories, at least on American telecast about, you know, what the swimmers were doing to train during COVID and all these things. And 
I just think it was a great case study to say, yeah, athletes have an opportunity to really focus on the mental side of the game and having gone through a pandemic and not seeing your family for X number of months or being completely out of your normal routine and what that means. And again, an extra year of training for the Olympics. Some people, as you say, were like, yeah, that's great. Other people are like, oh my God, I don't want to do this for another 12 well, it, months. It, it puts it in perspective in terms of that's a five-year cycle. Mm-hmm. All the sports and now you I have a three-year cycle. <laughs> well, you could even say two and a half. Two and a half, so exactly, it's, so yeah. It's br- so it's brutal. I think, um, oh, okay, I obviously transitioned to rowing. A lot of the, I think, what was the percentage of, 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 of the championships this year? I think there's about, is at least 80% of the team that went to Tokyo aren't competing this year. So they can take a little bit of break and then mm-hmm. come September, well, obviously the World Champions is the next month. Um, come October, that's going to be full on for like six to nine months. Of mm-hmm. they, they might get, I know the Olympic program, they might get, I think it was, if I remember rightly, the heavyweight men, they got a day off every three weeks. So that is mm. so that's seven days a week, two day two a days. That's pretty brutal, uh, mm-hmm. for, for nine months. Um so I can see why people are probably taking their exit now and then go, Well, I'm gonna go in go all in for Paris. Um and I think what you mentioned with with swimming, um, Lauren, and it helped to, to, to speak to it's a former, I shouldn't say former Paralympic, it's a retired Paralympic athlete who's, who does broadcasting for the BBC when it comes to the swimming. Uh, he was saying, obviously the the athletes, the swimmers in particular, there was an almost an unfair advantage between, oh, I, I, you kind of put it in with a pinch of salt a little bit because obviously a pandemic is a pandemic. But obviously one rule for one country was very different to somewhere else. So where some people were able to train more than others i think for me being a spectator but also an athlete i kind of go well i can cut i can cut the swimmers a bit of slack because if the swimming pool is closed unless you've got lots and lots of money or access to an outdoor pool Mm -hmm. or okay it's a bit easier for say california florida and australia to have a back backdoor pool but it's not the same as having a, a a group of swimmers and it, it's almost like a, as we mentioned before we start rolling it's almost like a click it's you feed off each each other uh, and each other's success so you're almost going into a games not knowing what to expect and i think mm-hmm. people weren't getting personal best they weren't obviously going to get world records and i, and I think that was a sport you could probably go well hey i'll cut i'm gonna cut you some slack because hey if somebody else was having more severe lockdowns than other people hey the the person's not gonna deliver times like they were doing in mm-hmm. in rio or doing in london or, or doing it in, in beijing in past games because it's unprecedented um how would i describe this unprecedented in terms of the, the preparation and, and mm-hmm. nobody probably expected three years ago to 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 wake up to what we did in 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. uh and okay still ongoing but you you you, you i i think i had the luxury because i know still athletes that are competing 
it, it's almost like I think they they were publicly kind of going, well, it's tough, but I really can't complain when obviously people are living loved ones and not being able to see family and relatives and things like that. It, it, it puts poor into a perspective as I can't sit and moan and begrudge because this is unprecedented. Um, so I think from them it was, it's like, well, you've got to give it another go. Can you motivate yourself internally? Okay, for most people, I think me included, very, very difficult. You need to find mm -hmm. some sort of, I call it a fire starter to some extent. But if you were to watch like a high, a high video, uh, some sort of motivational thing on YouTube, you'd be ready to go to the gym within five minutes. Um, so for most people they're like they're built like that as it, it's they they find obviously the the fuel that's gonna mm -hmm. to fire them up as you don't expect to have to do a five years uh cycle it's four <laughs> i do four years get a bit of rest and i go again and i go again and it's almost like rinse and repeat um so you're probably not going to see things go back to, I won't say normal, but in terms of like preparations, in terms of routine, probably mm -hmm. till after Paris. And then it will kind of go, well, or how difficult was this to prep for in with uh, two and a half? I've done most of my Paralympics I've done in two, two and a half or less. So for mm -hmm. me, I've never had to endure a four-year cycle. So it's like, a four-year cycle, oh, no, no, I've changed sports in between. <laughs> so it's been always been, there's always been a motivator as we're getting, so so if I give some people some context, my first world championship was 2006. And then I, and then the following year was qualification for the, for the Paralympics. Mm -hmm. And then the following season, you go back in as, well, I've never gone, but I want to. And then it's the buzz. I've gone one games. I don't want it to end. I felt I felt weird at the closing ceremony. Kind of going. It's like a somber moment, yeah. as in you're thinking, "Well, it's over. I've fulfilled a dream, but I don't want it to stop." Mm -hmm. So you almost kind of jump back on the horse. as okay, London. Yeah, I will do it. Whereas my family. I've always wanted me to go into broadcasting. This is probably as close as I'm ever going to get to broadcasting. <laughs> but I I didn't want to miss the opportunity to compete at a home game. So I always say to any athlete, and I've spoken to quite, quite a lot of American athletes, as if you could hold out to LA, you won't regret it. And I made one of the... Uh, well, he's won two gold medals, so he's not had a bad career. Uh, two, he's two for two uh, at games. And I was like... I'm going to press you, uh, Brian Bell, for an answer. Are you going to sit in the stand and watch? Are you are you want to compete? It's like, um, do I sit in the stands and heckle people, which would be very fun as a, as a retired athlete because you could do that. Why didn't you do this, this and this? But it's almost the allure of mm, what, it, what would it be like to compete? So without yeah. doing it, you wouldn't know. Yeah, well, you actually just raised something that I don't know that I'd ever really thought about, right? And, you know, saying that the 2020 Olympics were the greatest case study for looking at training holistically, both physically and mentally. 
Um, and then that kind of sort of th that concept of they have two and a half to three years now to prepare for the next one. And, you know, you hear a lot of Olympic athletes or Paralympic athletes talk about kind of that uh, post-Olympic depression of, okay, I've made it to this point. Like, how do I kind of get myself back out of the rut and find that motivation to move on again? And I'm wondering, and I would love to talk to some athletes in the space of like, did the experience of Tokyo change that after Olympic rut or potential depression, right? Was it as deep or was it even deeper, right? Knowing that you had maybe a little less time to kind of get out of it, or did the experience leading up to Tokyo kind of change your perspective and say, okay, now I can prepare for Paris and potentially even LA, depending on how far you want to go differently than I have before because of what I, because of what I went through in Tokyo. And that just kind of be an interesting conversation i think for me if we use the back end of beijing uh how long did we get off i think we were allowed three months yeah i lasted about a month and a half i was i was almost climbing up the walls uh, mm -hmm. i was going back to be we've got obviously three years of college um in, in university over here so i was going back into my second year i couldn't hack it i was like i can't just be a student this is this is dull beyond to the point that obviously i had to ask my my head coach and my governing body can i go back early i can't i can't go from the paralympics would have finished in say i'm gonna go out and say september we didn't have to go back till probably about November or December. And I and I obviously went back to university in the probably mid to late October. So I've already mm -hmm. had about a month. And I was like, so I've only been back in school two weeks. And I was like, no, please let me go back <laughs> and back to train. Uh, and they're like, yes, but on one condition, you don't overdo it. I think I might have got hurt as well. So that obviously <laughs> emphasizes why the rest is there. And then I had to, it wasn't major, but it was like minor injury. And they kind of mm -hmm. went, well, did you overdo it? Mm, maybe. Uh, and what would I have been then? I'd be about 22 years old. So I don't, I don't know well. Uh, I probably don't know as best. And for me, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I think, to give some, pers some perspective, obviously London was different because I was then in my end of my, well, I I did end my career, but it's obviously soul searching. Uh, when would it have been? Probably the big, the, when was I moaning about it? Say, say beginning of 2020, um, I was speaking to one of my performance directors about it. And it's like, oh, I should have gone to Rio and I should have potentially gone to Tokyo. It's like, you didn't forget about it. Just focus on the games that you did go to. That's an achievement in itself. Uh, I think probably two years later, I've kind of I acknowledged that and accepted that. Mm -hmm. as That's pretty good of achievement when, if you do ask james as a 15 year old when i obviously started that trajectory if you're going to get one i'd be happy and i have the opportunity to get two uh and here's me two years ago moaning because i haven't got three or four so i think it puts it into perspective 
but I think you 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 do bring up a, a, an important point of what would it be like, and, and and I think probably athletes are probably more open about it through Instagram, uh, TikTok, and um, what Facebook, uh, and maybe to a certain extent LinkedIn to be showcasing their story as this was what I had to 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 face and this is obviously the other side of it I, I know a couple of athletes that have uh got really depressed um mm-hmm. to the point that they, they, they've been anxious and uh, one of them in particular and she's kind of showcased it more on 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 Instagram um have having to get help psychological help for to do with mental mm-hmm. health because you, you you wouldn't and this is somebody that's going to want a gold medal you wouldn't think to be at the the very 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 top I, I don't know what that means i don't know what that looks like for me but to almost hit rock bottom mm-hmm. a couple months later as and i think through obviously sharing her story if i remember rightly that should be like the crowning glory i've worked four mm-hmm. years to for, for in in that boast class obviously to repeat re- repeat and maybe she should have focused on other aspects of her life which i think other i think especially high school athletes are probably looking to that as well how do i get from potentially high school to college college to the pros and then you're thinking well you've got other things to focus on and it, and it does actually give you that balance of I probably wouldn't change it for for the world. I'm probably the most grounded athlete I ever was when I was in, I was a collegiate athlete when I was in high school because I had another focus as in I'm not training, get it, go in the books. I'm not in the, I'm not in the classroom. You're hundred percent there. And that, that, that divided attention to kind of go from one to the other mm-hmm. was very, you could say therapeutic now. Uh, I probably didn't look at it like that as it was almost more so, I think, rowing because uh, Swansea University allowed me to up sticks and move what is 200 miles away to be full time. And almost that balance to kind of go, well, I'm going to train four to six hours a day that's all that's important and then all the other times is almost showing the faith that institution added me and there's no guarantee that actually even happens so i i i don't bend over back of the institution but anytime that department in 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 particular does ask a favor of me it's like hey by all means you 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 did me a massive favor to believe in me probably before I did it myself and probably people would be surprised that as I probably knew I was good enough but it was almost that belief oh can I make it to that next level am I good enough to be at that next level and it probably for me that the realization was that as a my swimming coach uh, that I had when I was at university I bumped into him in the village and he went you you've now materialized what you the promise you had in swimming I was like, yeah, I've arrived now. I, I, I now believe in myself that I can deliver. And and obviously the games, okay, it didn't turn out like I wanted to. Um, uh, uh, end up fifth place. Um, about, you can see my fingers, about mm-hmm. 
probably less than a second on fourth. I wasn't very happy the next day. And my mother, that's been through my entire career, she didn't recognize recognize me when I said I've done the best that I did. I threw the kitchen, threw the kitchen sink and it wasn't good enough. She's like, where's James gone? She wasn't expecting me to ever say that. I was like, well, I've done everything. There's no regret. There's nothing. There was nothing. There's no ounce more that could be done on that day. It wasn't good enough. Okay. I'm quite happy I wasn't the fourth place crew, but, and I joke about the Italians lows now because uh, they managed to make a massive mistake and it maybe cost them a medal. And they've got, and they managed to do it again four years later. So, I, I, I probably wouldn't be able to sleep at night because you're thinking, well, why can't I turn up in an Olympic final? Which you would go from, obviously, from a psychological perspective, that would be demons. As okay, well, why is it happening? What and you'd overthink it. Yeah, you raise a lot of interesting points again, and that's kind of why I focus on high school athletes and even those going into college is to create that sense of balance before you get to the point where um, the sport is everything and you do reach that pinnacle moment, whatever that pinnacle moment is for you, whether it is your senior year in university or a gold medal or something completely different than that, and then you fall off the cliff, right? And the reason I say you fall off the cliff is because there is no gradual come down the mountain, right? You've spent all these years going up the mountain, trying to reach that pinnacle and then it's over, right? There's no like, oh, I'm just going to come down or I'm going to swim or run or play something else to get there. No, you reach it and then boom, a minute later, it's no longer there. And so working with high school and even into collegiate athletes to help them understand you have a balance, you're very talented in so many different ways beyond the sport. The sport is just the avenue right now that shows you how phenomenal and powerful you are. And that's the avenue you chose. Others choose acting, others choose music, others choose dance, whatever the case may be. Um, so creating that mental fortitude in their most developmental years where truly their brain is developing at a pace that it will never again and creating neural pathways or, or pathways in the brain that help you deal with these huge moments when they finally come and how to have that kind of mindset of, I did the best I could. I gave everything I possibly can or could in that moment, just others had more to bring than I did. And that doesn't mean I'm less of a person or I'm less of an athlete. It just means that day wasn't my day. Well, I think it's, it, it, I think the challenge that you face, and I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, I think it, it's, it's the, the identity crisis at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, well, you build it. If we use probably the high school quarterback, mm -hmm. if you're that, we'll call it stereotypical one, is in they they walk on water to a certain extent. But once you leave your town and go to I don't know, go go to places a lot bigger, you just want you just want one of many and one of many. And obviously, once you leave sport entirely, nobody gives no a crap. Knows. Nobody gives yep. a crap of what you did in the past. Uh, right. Okay, the industry I work in, you get reminded about that all the time. Nobody gives what you did. Uh, they don't. They don't. I. I think. I think people. Some people do. Some people don't. Um, it, it's. It's not about the coach in mm -hmm. the fitness industry. It's about the. It's about the customer and the client. It's the. What is their journey? Their result. And some people have, have questioned me 
along my career, it obviously going in that direction of, uh, and, and I've I heard people, and some people I do know in real life, and I've heard them out, and it's like, oh, you were more motivational and, and inspirational in sports. Like, that's ridiculous. That's a, that's a silly comment, because that's not true, because it doesn't matter if that person was to admire me or to get motivation from me. Okay, it might feel nice in the moment, but my goal and my aspirations are the same to you and probably all the listeners that are listening. We're going to do it anyway, because that's the dream that we've set out, the desire we want to accomplish. So if we get the applaudits uh, and the praise a long way, okay, that's wonderful, but we'll kind of suppress it because uh, that's who we are as humble athletes. But for that person to say that I made more of an impact for 10 years than I have done probably in a similar period now, I don't agree because ultimately if I've changed somebody's life, uh, okay, I'm recompense financially in the short term and i remind this is a lot of people and uh, to, to kind of remind them is i get the small win you get a gym if we do the, this and we change your life it's huge you could probably go and measure it uh so it, it, it's i'm almost along for the ride and it's it's more, more it, it almost i can't do this justice so I'm, I'm trying to explain it but it's almost more exhilarating than the sporting career. And people might say that find that odd, but you, 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 in a competitive environment, some are worse than others. It's not supportive. People want you to fail. Some people want you to get hurt. They want, they want to see you not do well. Um, okay. Some of the, the, the closest rivals I had in swimming, if they weren't having a particularly good training period, I was told to seek and destroy that. I, I, I didn't manage to do that. That's probably the only regret I have in swimming. I didn't beat somebody when I had the chance because um, I made a mistake in the race. But you're almost taught to, to capitalize on people's weaknesses. Wherever it is, boom, seek, seek and destroy. It's almost like uh, marketing talks about... Um, Red, Red Sea and, and, and Blue Ocean of uh, so people that don't know obviously the, the red is shark infested there's, there's, there's all sort of blood in there it's very cutthroat and it, it's for the Blue Ocean you're trying to distinguish yourself so it's it's easy picking and obviously from a sport perspective you've mentioned the positive side of competition there's also that bad side of it and mm. uh, people have asked me uh, when it comes to negative energy of, you know, trying to prove people wrong, trying to, to, to silence the naysayers, they say, well, can't you use that all the time? It's like, you can in sport, but there'll come a certain point where that's counterproductive. Mm-hmm. And if you use that in the real world, it doesn't work whatsoever. Because if I'm going around of, oh, I need to beat Lauren, I need to beat Dave, I need to beat, what's the point? What's, what's the objective? I, I've got to remind a lot of people that are, have been sporty at some point in their lives, what what are you trying to prove to, to who, what? Okay, I probably remind myself occasionally if I do that as well as what is the, the, the motive? As in, what, what, what are you trying to prove by winning an argument, winning a conversation? What, what is the end game? And, okay, it took a coach probably to kind of go, well, why do you do it, James? Why do you want to always win? It's like, no, 
I don't know. I want to hunker down in the bunker, then I can go offense, defense. But the, what 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 is the motive behind that as an athlete? I think it's the subconscious of mm-hmm. win, 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 win. What 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 is what is the next milestone? What's the next accolade? What 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 am I trying to accomplish? Whereas, if you looked at it from a, a rational point of view what what is the end game what 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 is it that you're trying to achieve in 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 the the state that the the lights are off there's nobody there watching and the applause is gone what 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 is the validation that you're seeking and ultimately uh, at the end of the day what what is it that makes you happy once mm-hmm. all that's gone and and, and i think Kobe Bryant has talked about that in terms of doing the hard work when nobody's watching and everything mm-hmm. will come. Okay, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, obviously, rest in peace for, for Kobe Bryant. They are very alpha-minded and they're very unique. There's not very many individuals like that. You probably could put Michael Phelps somewhere in there, Tiger Woods, of they smell blood and they pounce. Uh, okay, Michael Phelps to take a break from swimming a little bit to probably do other things and then come back. Yeah. Most people don't probably get that. It'd probably be a short career. Mm. What do I do next? That's obviously me included. And I'll yeah. be open with people with that. That validation cycle, I think, is um, is one of the hardest for any athlete to break is because you you spend so many years seeking the validation, right? You know, I, I put in the work, I get this award, people applaud me or they cheer, or they're happy for me and I'm happy for myself. And then as you say, you get now the real world and it's hard to break that competitive mindset of, well, the way that I was successful before is I put in everything I fought internally, I fought externally to get what I wanted. And therefore, once I do that, I will get the validation. And that is a very challenging mindset to unravel. And that was my story. Once I got into the quote unquote real world, it was, I was pounding away, trying to be competitive. I'll beat you because if I beat you, then someone will be happy for me and then I'll continue to go forward. But that's not how the world works. And that's not the way that others see life. Those who are, you know, athletes only make up about 3% of the population. So 97% of the rest of us or the rest uh, of the population has thought, no idea what that. I thought it'd be a lot more than that. Well, it's like 3%. Yeah, but business always likes to compare itself to sport, and I kind of go, shh, be quiet. That's not true. I'm going to use the Wolf of Wall Street as an example. Yeah. yeah. That aspect, yes, of if it's in trader mentality, of uh, if I can outdo you, you potentially get fired. Uh, and then I climb the ladder, etc. Mm-hmm. But then th- there is also the, the the compassionate side of sport. Is there is camar- camaraderie mm-hmm. to a certain extent of okay, swimming is probably a very good one of it. The, the people are best of friends when it's not anywhere near the break, where the block, and then mm-hmm. the worst of enemies when it obviously comes down to racing. And then once it's all done again, we're we're best we're best chums again. And that doesn't matter if it's oh, the, the fiercest of rivals when it comes to the Americans and the Australians um, mm-hmm. or 
uh, we can't use the Russians now because obviously they've been banned for a little bit, but that Soviet <laughs> kind of Cold War animosity yeah. of it's almost bred into generations of, oh, we need to hate that person because they come from uh, that part of the world. And obviously there's more politics more than anything. But I think, where am I going with this? Obviously sport, politics has kind of gone into sport a little bit nowadays. And mm-hmm. you're seeing it more and more. Uh, I think the one that did break with not long after the, the scandal with G, uh, USA Gymnastics with the, 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 the doctor, uh, we had one with um, British Gymnastics. When was it? Not long, I think probably about six months before Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, about bullying. And my me and my family were talking about this, like, um, and I'd never thought I'd hear my mum say this, but she she i'm not going to quote her on this but she said did it deliver the type of coaching it got it got a medal so technically it's delivered but you almost analyze every aspect of of your of your being because i look back and say well where's the line because that because because that the same dialogue happened to me but i was still competing um it was a teammate, obviously re- related back to a coach had asked, was I being harshly treated? I don't know why he didn't have the conversation with me, but hey. But they, uh, as a team, went, yes, you'd probably be giving him too harsh of, of... It was almost like riding my coattails, like nothing could be... I couldn't do anything right. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I viewed it as it got me the best... It got the best out of me have I got as fit as that since probably the season after I probably got stronger but I've never been as physically fit as I was 14 years ago in the lead up to to a game so technically it worked but what are the psychological scars as a result of being kind of not humiliated daily but you 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 you're it's almost like you're not good enough as what you're delivering as i've got a personality i don't come across on the on on a podcast like it but i'm quite laissez-faire i'm quite laid back but in sport it's quite dangerous if you're like that because it can Mm -hmm. kind of it can kind of be perceived as lazy as arrogant you don't really give a shit and maybe from the coach's perspective as wow is he putting in 70 percent 80 percent 90% 90% obviously 100% is not good enough uh in the lead up to for 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 olympic sports that's our pinnacle it's the we need to be at our best um so i probably would argue as if i didn't give a shit i wouldn't be there in the first place mm-hmm. so to to give some people some context as to do two a days six days a week it's your life and ultimately you're running yourself into the ground which is a bit barbaric but in terms of the the desire to do to 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 stop at nothing as well what's physically possible i don't know it it 
2020 and beyond is is throwing things up in in the air as perspective of oh let me look i think with black lives matters and all things that have come to, to to the fore when it's come to you could sort of call civil unrest it's kind of you looked at you look at your life in, in a totally different uh, perspective than you probably ever did before so i'm looking at things as well can't change it and and trying to learn the lessons when it comes to self-development and learning more like holistic stuff and eastern philosophies as well i've got to come to terms with to kind of leave it let it go and it's it's not baggage it's it's happened and and bygones be bygones it'd be nice to sit down with him and and that that that's probably one of the episodes i'd love to have as a podcast because people probably get inside perspective from another point of view as what I was like can I kind of yeah. let people be as raw as possible and then I probably I would get closure as well yeah talking about the concept of creating that kind of environment I mean yes it can deliver I mean we, we've seen that it can deliver I mean you see it some of the gymnastics even U.S. gymnastics of you know the Bella Carolis of the world who were you know banging stuff like literally borderline abusing athletes and see what he did um but there is always a toll right there is always a breaking point whether it is psychological physical emotional or all three at the same time it's not a sustainable way of doing things and that's what we're really seeing and i think those are some of the biggest challenges that i'm starting to see in kind of the groups that i work with of people who are maybe more our contemporaries who you know, stopped athletics in those early 2000s and what we were, how we were coached, right? It was just kind of, you walked in, you got your ass kicked, you didn't really say much. And then you went on about your business. And if you had a quote unquote mental challenge, it was get over yourself, you're fine, move on. Well, the world is very different now. Uh, and what what athletes, young athletes are subjected to now is something very different than what we were subjected to. As I say, the sport or I'm sorry, the business of sport is getting into athletics younger and younger and younger. You talked about the politics being there, right? It's getting younger and younger and younger. So not only they're exposed to that, they were exposed to this pandemic, have no idea what the hell is going on, didn't know what the hell is going on now, then have no idea what the hell is going on now. They don't know how to process it. And then you've got these two different worlds between coaches and athletes, kind of as you always have, but it's like the gap is much wider and they're speaking different languages and what the athletes want, the coaches don't know how to deliver and they want to know how, and that's what we really work with them on is how do we bring those two worlds together? So not only are you talking about the same things and working towards the same things, coaches, you're taking responsibility for your own crap. Athletes, you're taking responsibility, you're learning how to take responsibility for your own crap and you're coming together and being able to optimize performance individually, but together as well. And I mean, I think the world of sport is very different than when you and I grew up. It's very, it, it can be very similar, but it's very different. And that's what we're trying to do is kind of close those gaps and figure out that having, you know, coaches, you don't have to feel like, oh my God, mental health is something I have to take care of, right? It was always kind of there, which isn't talked about as much, right? Now we're going to arm you with techniques well, to how to do probably it. It's viewed as stress and that was it. Yes, exactly. And And it's not necessarily totally different now. I think we... You know, we talk about this idea of mental health and when someone says mental health or they say, I feel anxious or I feel a little bit depressed right now, everyone's like, oh my gosh. Versus yeah, but, you, that in but you need to be anxious, otherwise you wouldn't do anything. So I, I think I, I've 
suffered with with mental illness as it would be mm-hmm. described so i have had bouts of anxiety and i've been clinically de- 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 um, diagnosed as depressed which i didn't like um but that's obviously the stigma would come with it uh but when you try and educate people uh to towards it it's trying to coach there's nothing wrong with a being a mood as depressed as you're you're, you're yeah. down because uh okay there's a spectrum when it comes to this but yes. say you've not achieved what you you set your heart out on you're gonna be quite you're gonna be down as in yeah. obviously oh, depression the other extreme is you don't care about your 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 identity you don't care if you've bathed and things that obviously that's very yes. that's very alarming and obviously you need to get seek help um because and then we're not going to go down the route even like see so suicidal thoughts and beyond that but that 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 aspect of the the anxiety you've got to have nerves because mm. at the end of the day you, you you wouldn't be a human being you you wouldn't be able to have uh, and i think this was interesting when i actually looked into it in terms of the, the response is the same physiologically if you're excited and you're and, and you're nervous which is kind of when you look at it rationally like my stomach is churning feel nauseous okay these are extremes but the the, the symptoms are the same mm-hmm. but one is good and one is bad i if i use the story for myself uh, i had a i always compete around my birthday always have probably always will uh, as a a may birthday i was competing on my 21st i was that nervous i forgot it was my 21st it wasn't until people say happy oh yeah and even my family (laughs) forgotten that's a big milestone it's not so important probably 316 is probably as as big now but that's a massive milestone to forget (laughs) but i was that focused in on on the task at hand, everything else I I I I struggling to eat, which mm-hmm. managed to get some things in, and then when people went, oh happy birthday, oh yeah, whoops did it. But once once the competition was finished, I could enjoy it. Yeah. But that's part and parcel of everyday life. Is is almost the. I can't even describe how you do. you don't live with it, but there's, there's there's different states of arousal when it comes to I'm trying to go too, too scientific when it comes to 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 to, 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 to anxiety and things like that. But there's serious levels of of degrees. Yeah. If you didn't have the anxiety, you wouldn't even cross the street. And if people looked at that as the amount of scenarios that potentially could go wrong just being a pedestrian you wouldn't go outside your house because you would always think of the worst case scenario it's almost like catastrophizing um so it's almost that level of degree of controlling the anxiety that obviously it doesn't uh, diminish performance mm-hmm. so yeah the, absolutely go on so i think what we were talking about at the very very beginnings of the, like, like no spectators and having spectators 
the the people that obviously don't need a crowd there their arousal level would be a lot lower because there's not that there's not that aspect of anxiety to go with the competition it's almost like practice yeah and obviously some people would would revel in that it's almost like uh white coat syndrome or my family have struggled like in exam settings when it comes to school it's whatever whatever it was to do with that in kind of a structured environment mm -mm, they'll like it give me give me a practical any day of the week and i'll do very very well but give me an exam setting which you could you could train for and you could mentally pre uh, rehearse it as okay collegiate is a little bit longer but being in in a room dead silent and you having people walk up and down rows so you don't cheat you could practice for it and same in swimming of you do the mental rehearsal the rehearsal visualization etc all these things you can obviously pre-program a pre-plan of because mm -hmm. the skill yeah yeah and the comments before were not to diminish anything of anybody who experiences clinical anxiety or clinical depression you know the the conversation is more around coaches now finding it hard to decipher between when it's clinical and when it's to that varying degree of normal athletic performance related anxiousness or feeling down after a bad performance and so that's what we really work on with both athletes and coaches is to say, okay, what is it you're really feeling and to what degree and how do we kind of maneuver in those spaces and being able to support you in understanding when it's normal part of the process and when it's gotten to a point where, you know, there needs to be a little bit more um, clinical support in that respect. And that's what we really focus on as a company is to really help diminish or minimize it getting to the point where, you know, student athletes, and we've heard all heard unfortunately, the, the horror stories of when they've taken to the extremes and, and, you know, get to the point of suicide, you know, we really work on how do we really kind of prevent you from getting to that point and not allowing all of these instances to overwhelm and overcome you so that you never get to that point. Um, and it's been really kind of interesting, just really working kind of both sides of the equation with coaches and athletes. And we even kind of include parents in that respect, too, because they're part of the equation, particularly among the youngest athletes and really focusing on that triangle of putting the athlete in, at the top and then working with coaches and parents uh, on each side of that on either side of that triangle to support the athlete in the best way we possibly can. Well, I think the, to 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 bolt on to what you you've said, Lauren, is is the the aspect of um Oh, it's completely gone out of my brain. So I know I can I can see it, but I can't think of the word. Um, oh, what's the word I want to use? They're completely gone. Come on, come on. <laughs> um, what is the word? I know I can I can see it. And it's on the tip of my tongue. Homesickness. So coaches would be aware of that. Uh, I think for me in swimming, I, I left home uh, after my senior year of high school to prepare for, well, to qualify, should I say, for major championships. And obviously came unstuck because of that. Because I was in unfamiliar surroundings. Didn't mm -hmm. have the, I obviously had support network when it came to the sport, but every other aspect was... Uh, not 
to what it would have normally been uh, for for throughout my pre-pubescent and obviously high school career. So for me, the training worked, but it didn't work for the time that I was uh, centralized uh, during this, the three months that I was over over well, family's military, but I was came back to the UK uh, for that summer. I was able to plump back into familiar scenario, boom, everything clicked. It's like, it's only like a month too late. Uh, and actually, so I'm worse than before I went in this championship. So I think coaches have seen it because homesickness is, is, is going to happen to, to most people, even if it's non-athletic uh uh, collegiate people as well they're gonna first time moving away from home is i won't say frightening but obviously for, for some people it's, it's, it's going to be terrifying because i've got to yeah. look after myself i've got to cook i've got to clean i, I i've got to do uh, i'm not saying t- like teenagers are lazy but in terms of they got to look after themselves and be able to manage a lot of things and responsibilities and actually grow up uh so for me that was a blessing in disguise because when I went went obviously to, to 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 college and university in the fall or in the autumn as we call it, that was easy. Well, I won't say rel- it was more walk in the park and I could see yeah. other other kid other kids. Oh, I don't want you to go, mom and dad, as as in we want you to be at the end of the fuck. Whereas I was okay when my family left. It's like okay, you're going to be in town for an extra day. Okay, I'll see you at Christmas, and and then and I was okay. But I think the the bonus that I had is obviously the support. I had a I had a support of mm-hmm. some sort of normality to kind of go. Well, you're in classes between A, B, C, and you do training X, Y, Z, and then you and then obviously eat and sleep around that. Um, and I think that is. I think obviously with mental health obviously evolving, that's probably well. I probably I had a mental breakdown because and, and okay I, I can't expect myself to perform because okay I can't even put it to words I can't even describe it what it was like but it was almost like you're there. And it was almost going from pillar to post of training, having to go get food, drop that off to to the accommodation, and you almost like turn. You almost got no time to think. Uh, and then obviously when I'm back home, everything is familiar. Oh, we're fast now. <laughs> okay, so 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 it is a challenge. And okay, some people maybe a bit more at depth at dealing with all aspects as you mentioned the emotional the psychological and and the physical okay that's maybe nurturing it's a willingness to learn and to to excel in in another skill set okay minds minds mindset sports psychology mindfulness and all this when i was competing was i didn't want to listen it's like this stuff Mm -hmm. doesn't work you just right. turn up and perform. Mm-hmm. You've either got it or you don't. So 
even the the skill of visualization was like, no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Not possible. Can't imagine something that doesn't exist. So it's almost mm-hmm. it's it's almost creating a belief. Nah, can't do that. Can't change. Can't, I'm 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 gonna be the stereotypical old person that this is what I ever knew. This is where I ever be, and I'm gonna stick to that. Uh, to now that hey, if you bring something new to the table, I'm gonna try it. If it doesn't work mm-hmm. for me, it doesn't work for me. And and I won't poo poo it and then give people multiple options. Okay, you could do meditation, you could do um gosh, there's so many different kinds of meditation. There's so many ways to be able to control your emotions now. It, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I won't say amazing, it could be overwhelming as well. But <laughs> if I would have been maybe wiser beyond my ears to be harsh to myself what 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 could i have been capable of doing okay there's no regret there is that's that's this is an alternative universe and i can go back in time yeah. we'll never know um but that's obviously you become more wise as you get older obviously with wisdom uh and you know better to to be able to be maybe more open to debate more open to opinion to to listen to mm-hmm. to take on board criticism or feedback as okay the other person is doing it because they care if i looked at like the, the the simplicity of it and then ultimately what they're giving you is the truth whether or not you want to receive that that that's up to you and obviously that's ego um so i think when i've spoken to people and they've given me the like brutal daggers people have been surprised that i've not gone coming out swinging <laughs> like no i i've got to listen zoom's a bonus because obviously you can meet yourself um <laughs> uh, and then you have to listen and people were, were shocked it's like well i don't like what i'm hearing for the majority but if it's going to make me better as a person or, or or at the end of the day it's going to make me a better coach go on, listen mm-hmm. it's, it's okay and I'm going to end on this one doesn't matter if you're religious or not God give you two ears and one mouth for one reason mm, sure did <laughs> you sure did and I think that's when you talked about you know going back in time had I known Basically, you know, kind of some of the things we know now, what would have been possible had we known it then. I think about that too, but that's not the world we grew up in. And, you know, we haven't, that's how I look at the business now is that there's an opportunity to teach athletes in a completely different way than whatever existed when I grew up. And so, you know. Well, I think in one aspect is easier. No Instagram, no Twitter, no Facebook. Okay, the press is always in the press. That's something you can control. The press you could control by what you say. As in, if it's, um, I'll use one games because it was in a contract. We weren't allowed to talk about Tibet, and it was in a. We obviously had to sign that contract. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, I'm pretty old school, and it shows my parents have been in the military. I do as I'm told. So if it was, if it was brought up, you'd say no comment. 
to I think Tokyo's the first games both the IOC and the IPC allowed athletes to be able to protest at games so that's something completely new and what that'll throw up in the future we'll have to wait and see in terms of what people are able to do around multitude of different subjects so it'd be it'd be interesting because obviously Mm -hmm. I think they've in the past it'd be no politics doesn't come to sports and I think I was even asked not from a from a media perspective but people ask well what's your perspective on Russia being in they were going to compete in Tokyo in the Mm -hmm. Paralympics and they weren't they obviously were thrown out after the Olympics after what happened in uh, Ukraine and people said well what's your thoughts on it no sorry not Ukraine to do around doping I was like, well, it doesn't matter what I think. I'm not competing anymore. If they've cheated and and, and and it's been proven to, and there's two, three documentaries about it, Ooh. I don't condone it. I know I was clean when I competed, as far as right. I'm aware, because uh, I've, I've, I've passed enough uh, doping tests um, in the 10 years that I competed that I was clean. If, if for whatever reason I've beaten by cheats, that's life i don't get it get it i don't get it. it it's it's hard for the athlete to have to suffer that if they get fourth if they get second they don't really get to experience the the pomp and 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 the applause of what comes with it uh, uh, uh of winning medals and okay and after the fact of uh, we've not even talked about sponsorship but things like that that could come as a result of uh, of of winning as a result of cheating so for me it's like well They've not, and then it was more pressure from athletes that were competing. As you need, you need to ban them, and then eventually did. It's like okay, but it was interesting to see where it would go in. It's like well, if 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 they've banned the able bodies, you're gonna have to do with that with everybody. I think when they allowed some athletes to compete, I think that was wrong. It's like well, if a nation's cheated doesn't matter if it's state funded or not there's going to be casualties mm-hmm. and the, 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 the individuals that didn't cheat hey that's unfortunate if you're good I bet you any nation would take you <laughs> no matter what nationality it was it'd be oh I want to get uh, my green card for example and if the, the, if the person was good enough the US probably would take them if it was somebody else maybe middle eastern pub maybe pay them to come you'd get you'd get that but okay you, you, there's the national pride of representing your country but the rules are the rules okay i think the the best example is that probably tim tim montgomery the the 100 meter sprinters he assumed that i've got a dope because everybody is like you can't, you can't go you could you could speculate of it's under the radar in Paralympic sport, but I know from speaking to athletes that it's more so in athletics, it did happen. So I can't say because I've got a disability in this disability sport, it's squeaky clean. Um, it's probably like sport, it's massively grey area. And I I would probably, I think probably with this podcast, I'm quite harsh because it's like, well, the grey area is not supposed to be trodden into. It's supposed to be black and white. Supposed mm-hmm. to be either bad or good, uh, and you can't really be be in a, a one foot in either camp. But 
this is probably where uh, I think working in education for a little bit, I didn't know the difference between gamesmanship and sportsmanship. I learned something when I was in in in, uh, in, in school and went back as a, as an adult. As in, well, how much people that do, I'll explain it first. Obviously, sportsmanship is is friendly, and obviously, gamesmanship mm-hmm. is cheating. How many athletes obviously do gamesmanship every single day? You probably could you'd lose count in terms mm-hmm. of you you you're gonna tow uh, the line in terms of cheating to get an edge. As in, well, if I can get away with this and it's not called okay swimming is pretty difficult because if you fall start you fall start you're gone mm-hmm. uh you don't touch properly you're gone uh you go too far you're disqualified so it's pretty it's pretty black and white as these are the rules uh to the point i think athletics were moaning about it as in there's there's too much indecisiveness of they've got almost like a They've got like a card system. If they fall start, mm-hmm. we're assuming if you fall start, you're gone. So it doesn't. Yeah. If you're the relay, I think it's point five. You're allowed, and that's it. I used to have a I point, forget, I used to yeah, have a point six, but that was not a relay. So I'm thinking, well, okay, that's quite clear. That's quite close. Point five is okay. That's probably this is why they will do all the training to be able to do that turnover. That you 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 you're leaving the block as a person touching the the wall. Right, 0.05. Yeah. So yeah. to the point that, hey, if if it's way uh, way under, that's why I, th- I think the athletes themselves are like, well, you need to come out and say, this is the definitive rule. If you 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 are, well, point five is still pretty good, pretty quick, after the bang. Um, so you're probably going on, maybe the well, maybe the, at least the A. Of, of the of swimming is a beat but you go in uh to the point that because my mom was a starter when she was an official and people say did you have an, an advantage said, of course i did <laughs> i don't know where she's going to push the button but i know her voice more than anybody else so, right. so they used to so when it was homies they used to change over to give the other person so my mom wouldn't officiate my lane i don't think she started that often so then people couldn't say, well, our oh, James is getting the advantage. Uh, and I think we were at a meet somewhere else. Um, it was old school, so it was a whistle and then the, yeah. the air horn. And somebody yeah. jumped it and their coach went ballistic. It's like, oh, you didn't do this. Stuff. It's like, what's well, not supposed to be consistent that people could guess? Mm-hmm. Or guess, but as in they could, you could time it. Anticipate, yeah. You've got to, you've, you, you, you've got to be going on the noise so okay do i have an advantage by knowing on your marks yeah but then my mom got more confident as she did it but i probably wouldn't think about it because it's like that's a starter yes it happens to be my mother but that probably goes out the equation because like like we was talking about of the it goes laser focus as these Mm -hmm. are my rivals Okay, the, the the official as a as a parent, but then how many of that occasions would be that that happens? Because you swim, family gets roped in, and then they do the volunteering. So <laughs> it, it 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 is 
I, I think my mum did it more. Maybe to save me a little bit, because I'd be probably very angry if I got disqualified by my own parent. <laughs> probably very angry as in, I didn't do it. I'm sure, sure. I've got away with a few things with other people, but I'd probably never let that go as, why did you disqualify? I, I'm sure I'm out of it. I did X, Y, Z. Uh, we, talk, we talked about one. What event was it? I think it was I am. Mm-hmm. I turned too early. And I got mm-hmm. disqualified. And I didn't move. So I had no advantage, but I got disqualified. And I, was, I, I swam in a military league, so the, the, the bases are very... It's a lot of politics that go in, so the DQ people for no reason. And everybody like, James didn't do anything wrong. I was like, who cares? The person that finished behind me is in the same team. I got DQ'd. I'm, I'm going to... I can let it go, but there's no cameras, there's nothing. <laughs> it's it's there's no there's no evidence. It's my it's my actions against what they saw. If the head official don't see it, there's nothing you can do. It. Mum didn't officiate the rest of that day, but I kind of went. I shouldn't have swum anyway. I had my ton- uh, not my tonsils removed. I had my wisdom teeth removed. So that's mm-hmm. that's showing obviously loyalty to a team. Um, that was stupidity. Um, I probably shouldn't have been swimming anyway. Um, so it, it kind of shows uh, the, the there's a lot of turmoil that go goes with sport and 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 for for Michael Phelps obviously bring that to the fore it it, it showcases mm-hmm. that you you say that on the I'll say I think on the one down we had it easy because there's not that social pressure from a media perspective okay well. Mm-hmm social pressures okay we're in a minority sport but especially when it comes to high school uh depending on where you are but they've obviously got to 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 how to describe this have this sort of persona that they've got to live up to and i think you and i had that to some degree obviously in sport but in a different way yes very much so yeah they almost athletes these days not only do they have to keep up their importance, they have to keep up with their personal brand. And they may not know necessarily what that is, but it's something they have to keep up. But yeah, I think there's a lot of different pressures. I, I, that's why I said, I think the world of sport is very, still a lot the same. And it's still, and it's wildly different in some respects. And that's the beauty of the work we do is we get to investigate that and support athletes in the development and growing. And that's why we're focusing specifically on young athletes is to support them in a way that to train their brain like we said we train their brains like they train their bodies and to give them the opportunity to know that their brain is trainable and it's not static that's really kind of our our biggest mission boiling it down to the simplest terms that's what it's it's evolution um Mm -hmm. obviously i've got to train athletes athletes adults it's a bit more difficult kind of going you're locking horns with uh limiting beliefs mm-hmm. um image perspective all sorts of things like i'll call it I'll, it's not nice but it's baggage uh of you you you're trying to showcase to them that that's an ident- that's an identity if you don't align mm-hmm. with it obviously you can create it but it's going to take time and it's a muscle that you don't see and it's uh i probably showcase it in an easiest form but we're talking about years of work mm-hmm. uh, of 
uh, and and going back to back to the beginning in some cases because I I think oh no I don't need to do that no more it's it's it's, it's cured it's solved uh, and okay I'm 36 years old now I know I can't stop now it's gotta gotta keep keep learning keep uh, evolving I won't say reinventing the wheel. And and, mm-hmm. and and learning a, a bit by bit, and obviously I've got luxury. I go to speak to people almost weekly, so so my <laughs> my my thought process might change massively in a year to what it was. Okay, we're August as we're recording. I know for a fact it wasn't the same eighteenth of August, twenty twenty one, because I'm having different conversations things have been brought to the table oh, I've not thought about it from that perspective yeah. has Lauren's way of thinking is it better than mine is it given a different is there more more flexibility to to be able to uh progress is there am I open to to change am I willing to the one that most challenging for me is the acceptance that's hard that's the the the, 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 the my, mindfulness talks about it a lot. It's like, but I think because it's that programming and it's we're talking about decades. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not. I'm not. We're not accustomed to it. It's like, well, we're not supposed to accept. You're supposed to go back to the drawing board and come back better. You don't accept. I'm going to say mediocre because it's harsh, but say seven out of ten in our eyes that's not good enough i want to be ten and i gotta be a ten every single day if i'm not a ten i gotta work a bit harder and it's almost uh i was speaking to another coach a couple weeks ago who's ex-military and he's like oh military and athletes it's gotta be win at all costs it's never uh, they don't accept things being I'm not gonna say half ass because that's extreme. That'd be an accept. That's totally off the table. That's unacceptable. Um, anything that's less than perfect or, mm-hmm. or, or, or as close as everything else is like a. It's like a failure. So it's something that I showcase to uh, my niche, the amputees. As okay, perfection, perfection, perfectionism is. I do the opposite of I'm a procrastinator. If it's not perfect, I don't do it thus the, technically they're the same thing and they're just, they're just disguised at different things one's not going in here and one has to be hundred. it has to be it has to look like this whatever that looks mm-hmm. like which is technically not possible mm-hmm. uh, thus I showcase it as stagnation and nobody wants that nobody wants yeah. to be stinky and, and, <laughs> and be smelly so when you look at it from that perspective as Okay, what am I really scared of? Judgment. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's the uh, what? What's the the marketing one? Is obviously social stat- status. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite dangerous because ultimately, if you're doing it from a social media perspective, likes, comments, it's going to affect your morale uh, and your mental well-being because if you're seeking validation always externally of i need to get comments i need to get likes i've got over that now sometimes it bothers it bothers me more than others but sometimes it's okay 
if it doesn't resonate with somebody else's hey that's that's fine Mm-hmm. I'm I'm working with a computer as well. I'm working with an algorithm, so it's very difficult anyway for, right. for reach. But I think for for younger listeners, in terms of it, it's it's looking at the validation as what what is it? it okay, I'll come back to the, the the example of the quarterback again. As I think I, there was an example of one uh, in me being in college now because it was two years ago that I saw it. He had. I don't know what something ridiculous has followed followers. It's like, well, you've got the prestige of the the prestigious position. You walk on water in your town, in your school, and you've got millions of followers. But if anything went wrong, they don't care. Most I, I said majority wouldn't care and they'd go to the next person. Mm-hmm. So and the communication skills of the person was horrific. I think the coaches wasn't much better either. I think you won't. It's not difficult to communicate. As in, to put put a sentence together. Okay, put put a camera in front of somebody is a bit, bit difficult. But to be able to be eloquent, to be able to get that and to showcase to people, it doesn't really matter because that's not really... It's fame in a way, but it's not... It, that doesn't really matter because if the people are following you for what you're able to do and say five, ten years down the line, you can no longer do that thing, that doesn't it they they probably go to the next person. So the the point I'm making is this is probably what I hate about social media is the celebrity status. Mm-hmm. Because what does that person actually bring to the to the table, and and that's why I praised everybody that worked in healthcare, uh, worked in emergency services, and I kept doing it because it's like you're technically the superheroes, you're showing up to your day job in spite of a health risk, so you should be praised. Okay, in Britain we did, oh, I think it's about say two three months of clapping every single night. That stopped. Because people got bored of it. But it's like, well, I go on social media and I go and and say, thank you very much. And I probably could do that every single year. As Thank you thank you for your service. You're the real superheroes. Athletes are just very good in, in, in a craft. Same with, with actors. Do, do they deserve the pay that they get? It's a different story. But that'd be obviously a different topic altogether. But it, it's, it's almost looking at, it it doesn't matter about I'm going to use the co- the coaches I was speaking to yesterday. Bertuan uh, was saying it's, it's so- social clout. It's no point getting hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds hundreds of likes. Okay, for a business perspective, if you're not making money, it doesn't really matter. If you're getting like people are liking things, they're not really moving the needle as far as you're concerned. Your life isn't changing, and I think from the athlete perspective is, is remembering and I think athletes have cited this why did you get into it in the first place it was about the, the joy of doing it partaking it, 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 it you you were happy right and the, once you lose sight of that that's when to call it that, call it a day because it's like you don't want it to be I won't say a grind be a, a chore and, and you hate every aspect of it 
Yeah, I think that's a that's a powerful point. Is it all started with passion? How do you continue to ignite that as you grow deeper in your career? I like to end the show with this question and ask it to all of my guests, but I'm going to give you a two part so you can okay. be very very lucky because it doesn't happen that yeah. often. If you got to sit down with any athlete, dead or alive for that matter, who would that be and why? Maybe Ledecky, hands down. Uh, one, because I literally swam the same events she does. There's just kind of that resonate that resonates with me. And two, I would love to understand just her journey and how she approaches swimming in a very different way, particularly from a female perspective, and just really dive into her mental state and how she keeps it together. She has done a ton for swimming, specifically here in the U.S., and She's very humble. I would love to just dive in and talk to her about that. And my second part to that question, if you got to sit down with any coach that are alive, that matter, who would that be and why? Oh, this actually is um, a very timely question. Um, so the former head coach of my swim team that I grew up on, he died when I was 13 or 14. And I didn't have him as a coach, but what I loved about him, and this is what I like keep coming back to is that he didn't know how to swim. He was one of the greatest swimming coaches in Cincinnati, Ohio, or even across the U S had no idea how to swim and really just diving into how he approached coaching, not having done the sport that he was responsible for. Wow. His name is Larry Lyons. He died in 95, 96. And my final question before we end the show is if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? The mental aspect of sports is just as important, if not more important than the physical aspect. So once again, Lauren, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for having me, James. Appreciate it. That's my absolute pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and got loads from it. Anything that was included and discussed will be available in the show notes below. And I would love to hear from you. Come and connect and ask your questions. I've been James Roberts from jamesowenroberts.com. Remember this quote by Chris Hart. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute, not by some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. <laughs>